Hello, welcome to Fantastic Beats. Three people, three tracks. We swap them, we talk about them. I'm Jack Tutor. And I'm Lizzie Maris. And our guest this time is host of the Antidote podcast and artist from Australia. It's Ingmar Apnis. Hello, Ingmar. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on, you two. It's great. Not at all. Thanks for coming on. Well, Lizzie, mm. you're going to kick us off today and you're going to kick us off in high gear. So tell us about your track. Okay, so my track is Candy Gun by a brilliant band called Melt Banana. So Melt Banana are a Japanese noise rock band and Candy Gun is from their 2013 album Fetch. So, oh God, so much to say about this. I feel like I want to do this bit like the song and kind of quite frantically and fast and loud, but I will just... um, (laughs) Calm everything down. Thanks. Um, so where to start? Well, actually, it starts really chill. So you kind of start with these waves lapping on a beach and a kind of like a little bit of a hint of what's coming. So you get some bleeps and some noises. And there's a kind of sort of like a telephone ringing, I think it sounds like, that kind of gets a bit higher in the mix and gets a little bit more urgent and urgent, which is kind of good because it kind of segues you into this this like storm that's about to happen. And then it just goes in, in very Melt Banana fashion. So there are two members of Melt Banana and when you see them live, it just absolutely blows my mind that they can produce this amount of mess and noise and uh, cacophony of, of volume in just with just two of them. I think they've gone between having a few members, but they've sort of landed with just two of them. So there's the um, vocalist and then, I suppose, guitars, effects, everything else. And there's just so much going on. There's effects, there's bleeps, there's super, super, super fast drumming. It's actually really good they don't have a human drummer because I don't think that would be fair on anyone. (laughs) Um, There's really lovely guitar in there. So the thing about um, Melt Banana I really like is it is definitely noise, which is not so much my thing, but there's enough, there's just enough guitar and bass to kind of give it some pop uh roots so there's something to kind of hang on to there and you can feel it move around because sometimes the frustration i have with noise is that it's just a continuum and and i know that's why people love it but there's enough in it for you to hook on to to go now we're over here now we're under here now we've just gone around this little corner um and yeah just she's just a fantastic vocalist she is like it's sort of like shouty rap frantic beautiful just loud female vocals um and the lyrics are just really funny they make they make no sense to me like i think one of the last bits is she's saying i can keep myself sane because i've got a candy gun so well well, yeah it's understandable you would (laughs) (laughs) so that's my that's my take on melt banana and candy gun it's just beautifully nuts and i just love her i mean really seeing them live is incredibly compelling it is from listening to this song i think it it's quite a good indication of what you would be in for. It is absolutely like full of fast light noise manicness. And those two are just clearly having the best time as well, which is really nice. I find sometimes the noise world can be a little bit, um, I don't know that you get that much connection with the people. You you are definitely speaking to two of the, you know, not the right people to be making (laughs) these remarks. (laughs) Uh, It's cool because I really don't care. So, (laughs) um, 
I, I don't find you get a lot of um, connection sometimes. So I, I, this is my kind of noise because you can feel that absolute. Uh, okay, so let's say like it's a very upfront energy, and I think sometimes the noise that I've seen, which is is limited, it's kind of a more inward energy. So I really, I really okay. enjoy that. Um, so let's put me to the slaughter, um, no. Jack. Do you want to go for it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting you to the slaughter. So I. I mean, I love this track. What I love about it is, obviously, it opens the record. It opens Fetch. And obviously, you're made to think, as you say, that it's this really tranquil thing. And then it switches again. And it's got these big washy guitars that you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's actually kind of like a shoegazy thing. And then it kind of kicks into gear and the bass comes in. And you're like, oh, okay, it's a driving kind of rock thing. And then it does that really stupid mental bit where basically like the guitars and the drums kind of go like really mentally like splaying all over the place i think you know the bit it's basically like the chorus but it just sounds like that they've got so excitable that they've forgotten what the tempo of the song is and what the key is and then just kind of go in every direction at once like it's the best bit i remember hearing this album for the first time and you just gradually realize that they're up in the ante and up in the ante and it's like it's almost like a slingshot being pulled back and then held and then just at the last minute they kind of let it go all at once. Uh, it just pulled my mind apart, I think, the first time that I heard it. Uh, I think that Yasuko's performance on this, the vocalist, is like faultless. I mean, she is wicked. She gives the whole <laughs> thing the kind of impression of being a really garish and borderline violent cartoon. But she, her, her vocal delivery, she kind of... it this is a bit nerdy, I don't know, but she's singing her vocals like one semitone above what the melody should be. So she's kind of just reaching up out of the tuning that she should be in. Like she's got so much excitement that she can't hold herself within the key of the song. I absolutely love that. I also love the breakdown of the riff. There's a bit in the middle that almost reminds me of like a Led Zeppelin bit or something where the kind of riff like breaks down and Mm. then it kind of falls apart but it's all glitched up and sort of digitally sabotaged and then it comes back in with that last 20 seconds which again just goes up and up and up and gets more intense and more intense and the last 20 seconds like give me tingles like every single time because it is just bananas uh i love it and i think you're right it is heavy and playful as well and i really like that like there's a joyousness to this which i think is it's it's an it's an ecstasy really isn't it so yeah top marks love it ingmar what do you think Wow, I don't know what I can add to all that. You guys have done everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I haven't been that that um, across smelt banana. Like they're a name that that pop up everywhere. Any anytime someone talks about sort of Japanese and, and the Japanese scene, they they yeah. come up. But um, I'd only really heard Teeny Shiny before that particular mm-hmm. album, which I didn't mind, but it didn't super grab me. I kind of felt like it was a little bit. Parts of it were a little bit sort of slapstick, right? Um, <laughs> but, but this this track um, is great. Like everything that you guys said, the way it opens and builds and builds and builds and sort of gains this frantic momentum, it's it's unbelievable and um, really really draws you in. And it, it, it actually you actually got me to listen to the album itself, and I've I've oh, been nice. enjoying yes. it a lot. Um, I think that the whole album is kind of like a real journey and there's lots of different moods and styles on it, which I don't feel like I got from, from Teeny Shiny when I was, when I heard that a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 
But I also really love the way this opens with with the water sounds, as you guys both mentioned, which is kind of, you know, this really organic sound. But the rest of it is the complete opposite of that. It's so it's so <laughs> frantic and, and synthetic and like just crazy. Um, it's it's a really it's, it's a, those two do facets really complement each other. Um, and her vocals are super playful. Like the whole thing is playful. It's, you know, as you were saying, Lizzie, it's noise. But um it is it is very playful and it kind of super invites you into its world and wants you to kind of get crazy with it, which is yeah. which is great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always going for that. <laughs> I really I really enjoy that you've described it as unbelievable Ingmar because that is exactly <laughs> yeah. it is. It's like no, this is ludicrous as if as if this would be real. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> it, her vocals remind me of Kathleen Hanna sometimes. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. There's a lot of anger, but high and just a lot of, um, I suppose, like gathered energy in it, yeah. I feel. Yeah. And working her range as well. Like clearly that's where her range hits and she's just kind of like gathering all of that intensity into like, I think also as well, it's kind of essential that she's in that range because there is so much going on that she needs to have a voice which is a little bit higher and than everything else just to poke out of the top. You know, had it been like a someone who had more of a mid-range vocal, it would just get lost, especially at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She needs to cut through all the all the madness that's happening behind her. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how? And how? Yeah. <laughs> is she singing in Japanese, or is it? Were I, you were you reading a translation of the lyrics? So or? I right. This is kind of shameful. I have really tried to figure this out. I just can't quite figure it out so (laughs) from what i what i easily found was it all written in english and there were certain words that i could pick up on that definitely felt that way i do wonder if she goes in and out yeah because i really i mean with a bit more hardcore research you could you could find this so if if anyone finds it do let us know because that was my first sort of question but i i also seem to remember that when we saw them live which was a few years ago in southampton i feel like she does go in and out yes i think she does as well yeah i think on the album there's some bits where you hear her vocal really clearly and she's clearly singing in english but then yeah a lot where i'm like don't know what that is and I'm not sure about the lyrics anyway, because I actually think she a lot of it is more sounds yeah. than actual lyrics. I I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. I was I was wondering that too, whether she's using her voice in a in a kind of mic pattern sort of way at times. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah. Just like phonetics. a textural element. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Yeah. Blimey. Good. Wow. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Ingmar, you're our next track up. If you'd like to tell us a bit about it. Yeah. Um, for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was always going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I could have gone for something that probably would have fit in with what I, you know, I, I, I don't know you that well, Lizzie, but I could have picked something that would have fit in with Jack's aesthetic. But I, went, I thought, no, I'm going to choose something uh, well. as strong. If you pick something Jack liked, I 100% would not like it. It's cool. We're, yeah, we're... <laughs> a lot of crossover between us, isn't there? <laughs> we share a home and now potentially a child, but that's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so I've picked a, a band from Sydney called Rufus de Sol. Um, I think they live in um, um, uh, the States now, actually. Um, and it's a song called Underwater from an album they released last year called Solace. They're, I don't know, I would assume you guys haven't heard of them before. No, I this hadn't, is the first no. time. Whereas out here, they're kind of, they're huge. They sell out sort of mid-sized stadiums and stuff. They're really, really big. And it's not my normal cup of tea. My partner is quite into them and I went with him to see them maybe two months ago and people call them an alternative dance act, which sounds quite hideous, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, it's lots of uh, synths, some live drums, lots of samples and um, a kind of husky singer um, doing his thing over the top of it. It's a little bit earnest at times. And, yeah, this this particular track I quite like um, because it's a little bit dark. Um, Apparently they've started using some new synthesizers, and I'm not great with all this equipment sort of stuff, but I think that's where there's this really um, piercing sort of deep synth sound, um, particularly over the chorus of this, this kind of really sharp, Mm. low-end sound, um, which I find super intriguing and quite like. And I think I also started listening to this a lot more after seeing them because I I kind of – it would be very easy on hearing it to just assume that all of this was happening on a laptop, but yes. they actually are up on stage. Like even the dr- I was ah. watching quite watching the drummer, and there were times when I could hear sounds coming out. Like he was doing things, and there were sounds that were coming out which weren't drum sounds. And eventually, I realised that while he was actually playing the drums, he's also hitting different pads and things and triggering samples oh, and stuff. Nice. That's was, cool. They actually are musicians <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i, I know Who what you knew? mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely not something i would normally listen to but for some reason uh, it's quite intrigued me maybe i'm just in the mood for some uh, some pop music lately yeah lizzie what do you reckon it's interesting you say in the mood for pop music because the the big thing that I felt about this track so I listened to it twice uh, well more than more than that but in in two different formats so once on my laptop and I was like hmm okay I don't really know this guy but this is an interesting pick okay cool and then again in the car like really loud and the time in the car really loud it honestly made me feel like really good because it gave me this massive nostalgia about being um younger and going out and being with friends and kind of even though I didn't do it loads you know just going to clubs and stuff because of that absolute euphoric dance beat it's really really not my kind of music at all but it absolutely took me back to that place where there's you know maybe eight or nine of you you're a really really close friendship group you're all very very drunk and you're just dancing wildly and you know everything's gone to the wind and it just made me feel really good actually and happy and it's interesting because the vocals some of the lyrics say oh there's a particular phrase uh, i think it's in the chorus where he says help me out before i drown he a hundred percent the vocals and the um the particular melody of that it is absolutely chris martin from coldplay <laughs> yeah and i'm really sorry if that's like <laughs> it is the offensive yeah. <laughs> but no I ha- no i, I, I will check. be the first to confess i'll listen to some coldplay sometimes some early nice. coldplay yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. okay with you. Proud of that. Yeah. Oh, I can edit okay, that out. Great. That's up to you. So. It's, it's, 
<laughs> it's sometimes the worst thing when someone goes, oh, it just sounded like this person. It is clearly not that person. But I did actually, I will say, I had to check. Yeah, yeah. I had to check it wasn't him. Yeah. And it wasn't like a weird side project or something. Because it's just the melody <laughs> of that particular line. Um, but yeah, and I think because it's about helping people out before they drown and like sort of... Uh, feeling underwater and sort of under it all a little bit it just really gave me this sense of friendship and closeness and people looking after each other and being out together as a group right Um, so i uh musically it's really not my kind of thing but the feeling it gave me was really nice um yeah interesting yeah yeah jack yeah this track was uh really interesting i really have been enjoying this song Uh, i think what's most impressive about it is that Ultimately, I think melodically and in terms of his vocals and the lyrics, it's quite a despondent song. But then it's also a, a, an absolute banger. Like you mentioned that yeah. we had it on in the car, Lizzie, and we were tearing up Bournemouth, you know, with the song <laughs> over the speakers, you know, going through the suburbs, just, uh, you know, causing a riot. Um, and But I think it's, it's, it's really strange that they managed to have this, like, melodic material which feels, you know, incredibly minor key. And a lot of the synthesizers as well, I think, are quite bleak. You made reference to that synth, yeah. Ingmar, the really brash, it's almost like sheets of sound that yeah. synthesizer that comes in it's a dark it sounds like it's casting a shadow that synthesizer but it's funky as hell like and and maybe that uh, ties into the fact that you've got a live drummer doing a lot of it because the it, I, it's it's incredibly rhythmic and the way that all the syncopations link together is incredibly dexterous and and intricate but it's got that feeling of um that push-pull feeling of i think something quite inward and despondent and lonely together with something that could absolutely fill a dance floor. I mean, there's a line in it which is surreal, because you can imagine bodies all packed together on a dance floor, kind of sweating it out to this. And there's the line like, I just need some space. And it's like, this is the last kind of music (laughs) that you make for if you want to shoo people away. Um, I mean, it reminded me a lot of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with much like Moderat, um, Ingmar, but it's not I don't know that i know them no they're, they're kind of like I'm, i mean stylistically i mean they're electronic based but they've got a different kind of uh sort of funky rhythm to them it's a little less kind of straight up four four dance based but that mixture yeah. of kind of anthemic sadness i think and also a bit of john hopkins as well that sort of you know like anthemic sort of loneliness and despair comes in as well um one thing i have been contemplating is the length of it because i go back and forth and thinking like oh if it ended after that second chorus would that be enough and then it kind of kicks back into the bit where you've got the snare drum that's kind of building up again and it's you know going for its last hurrah and i'm like i don't know if you have any thoughts on that but i can go back and i forth. agree and i think i think a lot of the songs on the album kind of do that as well like they're they're a little bit extended mix and they're probably mm. made specifically for the club and for yeah. or, you know to keep people dancing um yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting to me that you've both talked about sort of the sense of kind of community and going out clubbing and kind of just because the live experience was so bizarre to me. You know, everyone, it was quite a big venue, outdoor venue here, and everyone was like a, you know, first or second year uni student basically. Right, um, yeah. And <laughs> like... You know, a month before, I'd gone and seen The Body um, <laughs> with, a, with a Melbourne 
doom band that are quite popular out here and <laughs> like it was i felt totally safe in that audience with these like really grumpy pot-bellied bearded tabby <laughs> men yes no i understand that i yeah, i do you find it very thing. unpredictable and like um like dance crowds just quite um Oh, just a little bit. Like, whoa, what what could go on? I feel like there's no parameters. Yeah. They, they, I got hit in the head with a beer can at this show and, like, <laughs> someone started urinating behind us. There was another kid who had, like, an old digital camera and he must have hollowed out the inside of it and he was drinking out of, like, the battery <laughs> compartment. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this music does not match this audience at all. Oh, my word. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean about feeling safer in different types of genres. because, Or maybe it's just you, that's your territory. Maybe you just know the parameters and maybe. Well, (laughs) how do we come out of that? Thanks so much for introducing us to that band. It's so nice. I don't, I have to say, I know so few Australian bands. So it's really nice to have one that I know and I like. And <laughs> you can that. cite to your friends now. Seem like cosmopolitan. <laughs> yeah, I'm very global. So. <laughs> <laughs> how many people know the next song and artist yeah <laughs> well th- th- this is well this is i'm intrigued by so wait why don't we make that my opening question which is so obviously he was he was and is gigantic over here so the guy in question is robbie williams this is a song called let love be your energy which came out in 2000 at the peak of robbie williams being a thing that people knew about a celebrity did that permeate over to australia Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh wow! I mean, Kylie Minogue, and he was doing stuff with Kylie. Of course, yeah. yes, that's very true. So that was yeah. on this record, I think, as well. So "Sing When You're Winning," which came out in 2000, like I say, and he was just everywhere. I was 10 years old when this song came out, and I remember this song being on the radio. I remember it being played at the shopping mall all over the place just constantly and even then i think i remember being quite struck at how different this song was to the other songs that i'd heard by robbie williams and i think listening back now i still think it's a strange song compared to a lot of the singles he was putting out but also i I think i've recognized in hearing it from the perspective of now that this song set a precedent in me for a lot of the music that I went on to make at the ages of like 16 and, and up, which is like mid-tempo, sort of guitar-driven, oversaturated rock music and also quite chaotic and like dense rock music as well. And obviously I added like buckets of reverb and stuff and didn't sing quite as upfront as old Robbie did. But it really, I think it really did kind of plant a seed in me. I just think that this song is, I, I really don't get on with anything else he's done. But for some reason, I think this one is just great. It's got distorted guitars and a plodding beat at the centre and they kind of run through the whole thing. They give it this kind of self-assurance. And then you've got this bucket of instruments that he just, 
dumps over the top so you've got horns you've got loads of synthesizers that are kind of doing this cosmic thing a lot of the time loads of backing vocals you've got like a flute part at one point that goes like all over the place uh, which feels really out of place <laughs> I, can't, I don't think I could top that particular take but, um, and the bass guitar is doing it sounds like they went to the bass guitarist like look there's enough instruments holding down the melody have a bit of fun mate when that final chorus comes in do what you like <laughs> just have a laugh uh, and so and the structure as well is ultimately incredibly playful because each section of the song is in a different key so the way that it transits from say the, the verse to the bridge to the chorus feels really odd i think an angular and almost forced i mean when the chorus kicks in it's almost like it's cranked into reverse or something you get kind of get whiplash from the way that it's just suddenly kicking in i mean lyrically <laughs> i think it's vaguely about like the love and connection to family although presented in the most clumsy array of lyrics that kind of just sound like the right thing to say there's just a lot of moments where you're like uh, that just sounds like something that a lot of people will end up singing and not thinking much about in a you know big park in London. <laughs> I, I, I just think though, ultimately, you know, in a melt banana way, I don't really pay much attention to the lyrics. I just think the sound is is great. It's really good. So, um, Lizzie, what do you think of this track by Wobbly Williams? <laughs> uh, okay, so. I found the narrative of the whole thing quite weird. I'm definitely one for lyrics um, and vocals, so I will always kind of start with that. Um, it's got some weird family narrative going on, a lot about mothers, brothers, dads, but it's a little bit bleak. It's not... What do you um, mean? So he's talking about like, why don't you like your brother and come? It's, it sounds like it's about tension within families in total contrast to the chorus, which is just about love and energy and him sort of putting it out into the world. So I find lyrically it's really odd. And I think it's it, the the verses are bleaker than anybody would know because just, they do unless <laughs> unless you unless you look it up. There's also some weird kind of children voices at the end. Yes. I don't know if any any else picked up on yeah, this. Yeah, I think it's just yep. family. It's you know the idea of family and heritage, not heritage, descendancy. Mm, no? Descendancy, but well, I think it's more about tensions of families. But then in contrast, to this chorus where it makes me laugh because um, the choruses are so big very very big like you say everything comes into play yeah. particularly the bass oh, yes. i do i do feel like that bass player was like oh so this one's a free-for-all say no more yeah got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and towards the end especially is just playing a different song um but um <laughs> I like it on the chorus. Robbie's sort of shouting about energy. He's saying, I've got more than I need. And you're like, I know. Oh, I, I know you do. I can you hear just. it. And at the end, when he takes it up another notch, I think it's like on the final um, chorus, he literally is like real high going, I can't contain how I feel. And you're like, no, I, I understand. Yeah. I, we, we get that, I, Robbie. I feel it. Um, <laughs> lovely horn at the end. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed this song. I feel like with this song, if you took it and plugged it into this sort of fantastical machine that sort of had lots of like lights and like whirly bits, it would sort of power the world for a little bit. Oh, it's that's not lovely. <laughs> it's just got a lot. lot look, everything is covered. 
there's a lot going on. There's a lot of high energy in it. And I could just think this machine would just light up and, you know, a little town would have power. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. Isn't that sweet? Well, Ingmar, I don't know whether you have any thoughts on the song or its potential use as a renewable energy resource. <laughs> um, I'm familiar with Robbie. I've even seen Robbie Williams live. Uh, not the, Yeah, not that I... I don't own a single album. And, in fact... When, you, when I saw the name of this song, I was like, I wonder which one that is. And then <laughs> when it started playing, I was like, oh, that one. Um, <laughs> but it was so so funny hearing you guys talk about the lyrics and the meaning behind it. Because I – did you guys watch the film clip closely at all? Um, what, the, uh, the, the animation? Video? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. It's I kind of weird. It's a bit problematic in some parts. Uh, yes. Oh, Did really? Oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's dated. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. aged well. So, so there, were t- kind of... there were two versions of the video, though, aren't there? there well, I think there was oh. one that was on music channels and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ingmar, so let's just make sure we saw the, the same one. Ingmar, what was in the video that you, you saw? Well, there's this section in the middle where he, he meets uh, uh, like a, a, a black lady, African-American lady, a girl, British lady, and they end up having sex. And it's kind of, I think, tied in with all these lyrics about why don't you love your brother and sister and stuff. I think he's kind oh. of talking about, in, you know, being inclusive of the world and, and different ah. Was what you saw animated? Yes. Yes. He was running. But, but the whole time he's having, he's sleeping with this woman, he's kind of giving this really awful smirk into the camera and it's it just it just oh. negates the entire message. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, unplug it. Unplug it from the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh. And there's a bit as well, because the middle bit, obviously the bit of the song where it goes down a notch, you know, there's that a bit where the energy just drops out a bit before it comes back in. That yep. tallies up with a bit in the clip where he, so he's, he runs, he has sex with a woman, he carries on running, then he meets this woman, and then they end up together, presumably, and they're in this house, and everything turns really gloomy, and then they're eating pizza and watching TV, then he starts running away again, and things brighten up. It's very yeah. weird. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it, it gives a whole new spin to the, the song. Um... And a bit like what you were talking about with the Rufus song, it's kind of this really uplifting sound. But yeah, lyrically and and the film, the the, the clip itself kind of seemed the complete opposite of that. God, yeah. Um, but that bridge in the middle is really strange. Like everything just, I've made a note of it because everything just falls away, and there's kind of like these creepy whispers going on in the background mm. and stuff for a yeah. little bit. I'd, it's really, it's a real. It almost sounds like a completely different track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, oh, Robbie. Colourful oh. Yeah, Robbie. I, do you know, I can't believe I completely forgotten about that because I, I watched it when we first talked about it and then hadn't gone back to it since and just, you know, been wrapped up in the seemingly positive energy of Robbie Williams is... You, know. you can cut my whole uh, my my discussion of that out if it's too uh, somber. For the I mean, podcast. it's important no. that people need to know. People need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even God. his best song, he fucked it. Uh, he ruined but it. He, yeah. But Robbie Williams, I will say, like he 
he's never been a straightforward pop star, has he? I think he, he is 100% in the category of a pop star, but he has always, I've always felt like he's wanted to be a lot more arty than he, he has perhaps yeah. been allowed to be. Well, I feel like that this was his fork in the road. I was thinking about it when I was listening to it. I was like, there's a lot going on here that if he really leaned into just the oversaturation of instruments and the kind of weird elements where you're like, what the fuck is that flute doing? He could have done some really odd stuff. But instead, yeah, he kind of was like, let me just try and get on this electro swing feel, uh, you know, or, or stuff mm. like that, where it's like, Ugh. Well, he's still alive. Let's not write him off. There might be a period in our lives in 10, 20 years when we see that side of him. Maybe. Let's see. I mean, I just... Yeah, let's just hope he doesn't do any rap, any more rapping. I was going to say, I've heard him rap. It's have you really heard? Bad. Is it? Isn't there? Is there a whole album that's? Is it called yeah. Box? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Everyone was like, no, no, thank you, no. Yeah. <laughs> Offensive in an entirely different way to uh, the video of this song. For me, then I'll say goodbye. If you're to change, we'll I got more than I need. When down this has been a very colourful discussion, full of highs and lows. Uh, Ingmar, thank you very much for joining us on this journey. Thanks again for for having me. It was great. And if people want to keep up to speed with what you're doing, either in the form of The Antidote or as an artist as well, where should they uh, go online? Music listeners, go to theantidotepodcast.com and there's lots of different links in there to to find myself and my co-host David's Twitter accounts and all sorts of different bits and pieces. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Nice. It's a wicked podcast. I should just underscore that as well. It's an absolute yeah. favourite of mine. Ingmar, tell, just briefly tell us what it's about. Your your checks in the mail, you two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, myself and, and uh, um, I'm in Melbourne, and my co-host is up in Brisbane, and we get together on Skype. It's very lo-fi and DIY, and we discuss um, three sort of experimental music records each each podcast. It's definitely not as focused as this. <laughs> we go off track, off track, and uh, meander around, but that's kind of part of the fun. Yeah. To its merit. Oh. Yeah, I love that. For, for a better version of this, you go to the antidote, everybody. You hear me? It's <laughs> <laughs> another chance right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, Thank you, guys. Uh, Lizzie, if people want to keep up to date with our inferior production, where, where should they be going online? Go to the antidote. But, um, no. Um, <laughs> so you are going to go online to fantasticbeatspodcast.com. Uh, you can tweet us. We're on Twitter at fantastic underscore pod. You can email us. You can tell us what you think of the show at hello at fantasticbeatspodcast.com. Super duper. Well, great. In which case, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>